poop. That's two times you've said that. Poop, poop, poop. <gasps> Welcome to the Book Squad Podcast. 94% bookish banter, 6% shenanigans. From Lawrence Public Librarians, Kate Gramlich and Polly Kim. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. I should have taken you up on that coffee offer. I know. You should have. Mm-hmm. But now you're in it without coffee. Yep. Let's do this. So we are coming at you for the 13th episode. Yeah, we are. And uh, we are going to do a shorter and sweeter episode. Um, it probably won't be short, knowing us. So, <laughs> but uh, shorter. Shorter. Yeah. <laughs> and it's always sweet, but this will be sweeter. Um, so we're going to skip bookish news, um, and then go into two book minimum and then discuss a literary hot topic. Mm-hmm. So something I call the dilemma, the dilemma. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Recently written about by our own Polly Ken in mm-hmm. the library blog. Yeah. Speaking of hot topics. Yes. Have you ever been to hot topics? I used to go to hot topic a lot. Okay. Yeah. Did I imagine. Did you your kid? No, your kids would have been. Well, we don't have a mall. Right, we don't have a mall. And right. hot topics live in. It's malls. only malls. Yeah, yeah. So mm-mm. no. But anyways. Anywho. Anyways, let's get let's get down to um two books two book minimum. Cool. I get to go first. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. Okay. First, I want to talk about I'll have what she's having. Mm-hmm. How Nora Ephron's. Three Iconic Films Save the Romantic Comedy, which is by Aaron Carlson. And since I love Nora Ephron's three iconic films that she's talking about, When Harry Met Sally mm-hmm. and Sleepless in Seattle, mm-hmm. and then to a lesser extent, You've Got Mail. I but know. You've Got Mail. Yeah. yeah. A, little, yeah. a lesser extent. Mm-hmm. But it's about a bookshop. So yeah, exactly. I have to like it. <clears throat> it's in the librarian contract. Mm-hmm. So um, – Anyway, I uh, I love those movies, and I thought, well, I might love this book. And I do, actually. Um, I've gotten through uh, – because the way I'm doing it is I'm reading the book, and then I'm reading the oh. section about that movie, and then I'm watching the movie. So we I, should have a book club of just that. I know. <laughs> we should. And, and I um, – Because those are the only movies I ever want to watch. I know. So it was um, – it's been – you know, I've been, I've been off a little bit. I've had a little vacation time. And so um, I've gotten through Sleepless in Seattle. So the, it mm-hmm. was really fun to read the section and then watch the movie and remember, like, some little bits and pieces. The most fascinating thing to me is, you know, the little – the gossipy bits about who they were considering mm-hmm. for the parts mm-hmm. that you cannot imagine no. at all. Tom Hanks was the only person, right? Uh, no. That's blasphemy. I know. Um, no. And I, and Billy Crystal was also not. <gasps> what? I, I know. Oh, my God. Right. No one can spit grapes right. as well as he can. And Meg Ryan also not. Okay, um, well, well just... Meg Ryan, I think, was, she was the one they wanted for maybe when Harry, when Harry met Sally, like, right away. Mm-hmm. Um, that's or maybe really interesting. Like, I don't know. I forgot already. Right but anyway, it's a you get you get that gossipy bit. You get the gossipy bits about um, you know how I guess I just I don't realize it's like how they package you know producers and mm. and actors and directors and you know they package everybody together so that they try to make a nice happy family mm. um, mm-hmm. and so then people like get booted off and come in and um, I what I've learned so far 
mm-hmm. two-thirds of the way through the book, is that I could never work in the film industry. Mm-hmm. But it why seems, specifically? <laughs> no, it seems like super brutal. Yeah. Um, even when it's kind of, you know, this this seems like it's relatively tame mm-hmm. compared to some of yeah. the other stuff, but it seems super brutal. And Nora Ephron is, um, I just, I really... I like reading about her. She, I probably would not like to work for her. <laughs> I'm sure she, she's very specific. She is. I'm she sure could she's be. really good. Yeah. She's like am, amazing at her, you know, the craft, the thing that she's doing. And she's a person who is not going to take no for an answer mm-hmm. and wants, she, she just like, like Sally was modeled after uh, her. She okay. just wants it how she wants yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, oh, and the way she wants it is the it's perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. It's the best way it could be. Right. Um, so, hmm. so yeah, um, like I – even just down to like little details like uh, in Sleepless in Seattle when that – the boat goes in front of the house. It's like completely mm-hmm. decked in Christmas lights. Yeah. Apparently that took like eight hours to do because oh, she, they, like she wants – she saw it in her mind and then people were like, you know, put – some oh. lights on it. She's like, what is that? Like five lights? You oh know, put God. some more lights on it's there. It's amazing <laughs> that these movies even got made. <laughs> I know. And so, and like they were filming it during, you know, this drought, you know, so Seattle's known for oh. all of this rain and they're filming Gosh. during this drought yeah. and they have to, you know, um, they're, the, they had to build the, um, their stage like inside of an, a naval hangar, but um, no one had ever done that before oh because the government yeah. had never... <laughs> Least, uh, you know, and they will hang right yeah. to well to to any movies that were made that were not about the military. Mm. So, you know, she had a lot of she Jeez. had a lot of like clout. How much money went into these movies? Um, I think tw- I think Sleepless in Seattle was made for twenty five million. Mm-hmm. I can't remember when Harry Met Sally was a lot less. God, I love when Harry Met Sally. I know. I, I, I could do a whole. Podcast Dang just episode, that, huh? yeah. So it, um, so I, now I have to read the, I have to finish it out, and then, um, and then it kind of wraps up to, you know, I kind of peaked ahead a little bit. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, Nora Ephron got was really sick. I can't, <clears throat> I can't remember the name of what she had, but it was some kind of um, blood mm-hmm. disorder that turned into leukemia, and, um, and so, and she didn't really tell people that was happening. And so when she passed, it was kind of a surprise because she'd been. When, when was that? Um, like, oh, 2006. Okay. So like within the last, maybe? I guess it's yeah. not even 10 years, but yeah. Um, that might be wrong. Show notes. Yeah. Um, but so, it, yeah. Um, and so they sort of wrap up with that, but like, I, they sort of, she, I saw her synthesizing at the end. Like one thing I read that I thought was super interesting was that, you know, she started making these prototypes for mm. like, so, and she named a bunch of movies where, and shows where the, the heroine, you know, the, mm-hmm. the female lead is, um, is in writing somehow, like a journalist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you think of a lot you know, of those, yeah. which is where she came from. Right. You know, she was a journalist before Aww. she did all this. So, um, did you ever read? Or listen to um, I Feel Bad About My Neck. And I, I read one? it. Okay. Um, and then the other, like her 2010. Oh, wait. So it had couldn't have been 2006. Oh. Could it have been? Well, she may have come back. <laughs> <laughs> womp, womp. Who knows? So um, I, th- I think 2010 yeah. was her, where um, hers was her book, uh, I Remember Nothing. Oh, right. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, oh, that's really oh, – those God. are hilarious. Yeah, yeah I, I want to listen to those. Mm-hmm. They're really good. 
Um, anyways, I'm taking a lot of time to talk about this particular book, but uh, wow. it was good. I liked it. If you love those movies, um, or even just one of those three mm-hmm. movies, uh, I think you'll like this book. Cool. Um, and Dear Fahrenheit 451 by Annie Spence, also known as my new best friend. Yeah. Your maybe alter ego that you might, wrote this book in your sleep, maybe? I think I wrote this yeah. book in my sleep. Um, so this book is, oh, and I can't remember. It's like a love letter to um, librarians and something like something that. Like that mm-hmm. The books they, they love or something. Um, and so it's written in a series of... You know, she's writing letters to these books um, that are either on her bookshelf or someone <laughs> random's bookshelf, someone random's bookshelf, yeah. or in the library that are um, maybe need to be weeded or maybe won't be weeded. Um, and so it's just, I mean, the things that she, if if you're a librarian, which I hope we have some librarian listeners out there, I think you will absolutely love this book because you'll just really identify, especially if you do any kind of. Uh, reader's advisory, helping people find what to read next, um, which is what we do. And so it really resonated with me. But if you're just a book lover in general, Mm -hmm. I think that you'll really like this book because she um, talks so lovingly or, you know, sassily about certain books. books. And then at the end, you know, she does um, some really great book pairings. Like she does um, like how, how to read things like in a so I I do this where I, I read a book and then that makes me want to read mm-hmm. a book like about something in that book and that makes me and she like, like a book l- she literally wrote oh. a little chapter on how to do that and I believe she starts with the Virgin Suicides um, because Which is like her favorite that's favorite. her favorite yeah. book of all time um, and then she also does one where um, it's like a it's like a she, I think she doesn't call it Menage a Trois but it's something like that where it's um, you get two books mm-hmm. and yourself, the reader, oh, and yeah, so um, so it's like two books that um, are, are similar in some way or play off of each other in uh-huh. some way or whatever. So um, you know, get in for a long read and 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 read these two books, yeah, sort of together. So bring them into bed. Mm, that's what she said. <laughs> She's so bed. funny. Yeah, you, and it was really funny. You had me read um, the the letter. T- to, this was the one that like I was like okay I need the to the letter read this to book. the bookshelf the letter to the bookshelf at a party where you're not even in, invited <laughs> and she's like drinking as she's writing this letter to this bookshelf yeah. and so it's just it's really it's really 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 funny <laughs> yeah I was I was laughing so hard at home and then when I gave it to you I could hear you over in your cubicle just laughing and laughing yeah. and laughing so um, and it's, it's on Hoopla in audiobook ooh. I just uh, just started it yesterday. And I, the narrator, who is not the author, um, she does a really, really good job. She's, like, really good at, like, the witty asides and – Oh, Because uh, there's a lot of witty yes. asides in there. Although she calls it Fahrenheit 451. Huh. Which is not – which is fine because that's also the way. But I was Maybe like, we've been saying it Maybe wrong we all have. this time. I don't know. I, I've always said 451. <laughs> filled but with self-doubt I know. at this very moment. Is it even Fahrenheit? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's – Fahrenheit. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Well. Okay. Well. I show think notes. I might. Uh, we'll do a little. We'll do a little looking around. It's probably. It's like. Uh, yeah. It's one of those that can go either way. Yeah. Anyway. I, maybe I'll do my <laughs> two book. <laughs> okay. And hope that I pronounce anything correctly. You do. You. So yours were two nonfictions, and mine are two fictions that are over four hundred pages, which is not <laughs> like my usual. Mm-hmm. Um, That's. So big. Uh, they're, they're big. Yeah. They're not, I mean, they're not like, 
Ken Follett big or what's that? Is it the Goldfinch? Rutherford. Yeah, or Rutherford big, but, mm. you know, they're a decent size. Mm. Uh, so the first one is uh, The Known World by Edward P. Jones. Uh, this is – it's Pulitzer – um, or Pulitzer, which is also the <laughs> other conundrum book. in that book. Yeah, it's a Pulitzer or Pulitzer. So I've been experimenting with both. So oh. it's a Pulitzer Prize <laughs> and National Book Award finalist. Um, it's a debut author or debut debut novel by Edward P. Jones, who had um, written a story collection, Lost in the City. It is. Um, it's a doorstopper uh, or half doorstopper. Uh, it's about a fictional community in Virginia uh, pre-Civil War, and it specifically um, talks about a black family who owns slaves, owns many slaves. What? Um, yes. And, oh. yeah, it's— uh, Except for that's a thing. That's a, so it's, a thing. Yeah, it's a fictional town, uh-huh. this uh, Manchester County. It's a fictional county. But it, it's such a real— it, it's like a very real phenomenon. I, oh. I think I was reading this article saying that like proportion of the population wise, free blacks, more free blacks own slaves than proportion of the population wise whites did. Like that's the, well, I mean, because the proportion of the number of so small. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it was and and some owned dozens or or you know up to a hundred or something like that. It's like that's a- that's yeah, like it, blows my yes, mind. With, yes, with weirdness. I mean, I yeah. absolutely understand that there were well, and it's power be, dynamics, yeah, exactly. and the weird economics, and at that's the, time, the way I think you still. get respect because once you are able to become free, you get respect from your community by participating in the. So oh, yeah, so actually that would be a really interesting book to that's do. And she said, she said, so but brutal. it's okay. It's I'm wild. gonna read it because that's crazy. Now, okay, I would recommend listening to the audiobook. Um, we discussed it in my last Wednesday book club um, two days ago, and reviews were mixed. They really enjoyed the topic and the story and the characters, but um, the narrator is um, omnipresent. Is that what it's mm-hmm. like? Omniscient? Omniscient or omnipresent? It's both. <laughs> this is so, yeah, it's, it's super omni. Omni, yeah. omniscient. Yes, <laughs> that's what it is. Sent. And it's it's like, so it's like if it's, there's like this floating orb is how I think of it. And so it's in the heads of these of this particular person. And then it jumps over to the person they're talking to. And then that's their history and sort of their future. And then it like floats over to this other group of people. And so you're getting a lot of backstory and I'm doing a lot of hand motions right yes, now, which you are. really are missing. I wish you could see yeah, this. Yeah, it's a lot of Stevie Nicks floating hands, I think <laughs> is what I'm doing. Uh, anyway, uh, so it, you get a lot of backstory right in the beginning, which can be kind of overwhelming. But as the story progresses, you realize that he had to do it that way in order to kind of wrap things up or to make different connections. Um, the audiobook, though, is really good. Um, another thing I like about the audiobook is it it's really intimate sounding. Like on a lot of audiobooks, you it edits out like deep breaths that the narrator is taking mm-hmm. or like when they like swallow or something like that. And this, it's all there. Oh, it's wow. like there's pauses and then there's like you can't. I don't even know if you can hear me swallowing, but yeah, it's like 
You're right there with this oh, man wow. who's reading this book. Oh. And so it's it was really – I don't even know if that was on purpose or if they just did not edit it. Um, I don't know. But it was really kind of Yeah. Well, it's good to nice. know because that might disturb some That might disturb you if you I like, like it. the sound of breathing. But, yeah. Uh, so I really I, – I, I, again, didn't enjoy it in that it was pleasant, but I really am glad that I read it. Mm-hmm. Um the next one I don't have much to say because I haven't read it yet, but uh, it's Pachinko by oh, Min Jin okay. Lee, and we um, heard about this yeah way before it came out, and I had an arc and then I neglected yeah. to read it. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a family saga of um, following a Korean family um, from about 1900 uh, to almost 1990, and it's broken up into three sections. Um, and I'm not sure if it follows um, mostly one particular member of the family or if it kind of goes. Goes along, but um, Kimberly, just our coworker, just said she brought it in and she was like, I was sobbing on my like coming into work because it was just so, so heavy and so devastating, but also just so beautiful. And she, she just shoved it in my hands and was like, Here, check it out right now. And she even still had her post its in there from the parts that she. Um, had marked so Man. yeah so I was like okay well and I started reading it last night and uh, it's it's like I said it's broken into three sections and so each section is about like 150 or so pages uh, and so if you concentrate if you're bad at reading long books like I am if you concentrate on oh I'm just gonna read this 150 page thing mm. and then you don't feel so overwhelmed yeah, that's a which good is idea. a good way to trick myself yeah. Um, but yeah so that's gonna be a crier and I'll look forward to uh, crying. Okay. So, yeah. Let us know next time how many hankies. Hankies. One hanky, two hanky, three hanky. I'm not really a hanky lady. <laughs> tissues. Or tissues. <laughs> yes. Okay. So uh, that was our two-book minimum featuring I'll Have What She's Having, Fahrenheit, Dear Fahrenheit, 451 <laughs> slash 451, mm-hmm. The Known World, and Pachinko. Yeah. So we're not doing she said she said uh, in the traditional, in the traditional way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is gonna be. Can you separate the art from the artist? Yeah. Um, Here we go. No. So <laughs> we're gonna have some discussion. So I wrote a blog post about this a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. month ago, what have you. Um, because it came up, I don't even remember what we're talking about. We talk about. about this a lot. We do talk about, but it was this because a lot. of Roald Dahl, I think. Um, yes, it was because of Roald Dahl, and it was his birthday, and everybody was like, mm-hmm. and you were like, no, no, <laughs> no. and probably never. <laughs> probably never. So, um, <clears throat> so you, so that you know, we started talking about it because I was like, but Matilda, yeah. I love Matilda. Oh, we did find out. That he wanted Matilda to be written as an awful mm. child who torments her parents. Yes. And the editor said, let's not stop Googling I'm things. just saying, no, I'm just saying so you can love his editor. Okay. Yes. Okay. So so we have this discussion a lot. And then it came up again and we had it. And so then I thought, I'm going to write a blog post about this. Because which, you could do it more level-headedly than me. Because mine would be like, no. <laughs> yeah. This oh, would, yeah. Guess what this, this one would did. would be the nope. whole blog post. <laughs> People are horrible. Various nope gifts, I think. Oh, yes, be just yeah. nobody, nope, 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 nope. So I'm, I'm a little more open to that, and so mm-hmm. I, you know, in the in the post I wrote, 
you know, the the different sort of perspectives. So, you know, some people are like, the art is the art and the artist is the artist. And I don't care because if the art speaks to me, that's a mm-hmm. once it's been created, it's its own entity. Mm-hmm. Which I can. Like a poop. I can. <laughs> oh, dear. But it still came from you. Oh, dear. <laughs> Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Okay. So, yes. Okay, but that, that's a good analogy, I guess. So, <laughs> so you know, there's that. Um, there are people who get it together. There are people who, um, you know, maybe are, you know, will think about, like, well, how bad was the mm-hmm. thing that they did, you know? like was And it, did, like, the person's badness infiltrate, you know, was it right. at all present in the art? Was it in their art? Or mm-hmm. um, did the person atone? So mm-hmm. like that, for example, was Dr. Seuss who made, um, don't make that face. Mm-hmm. Sorry. You guys can't see this, but she's making a face. So, you know, he made some racist art during the war. Um, he did atone for that. I, yeah. I don't like him for other reasons, but. <laughs> okay. And he did, he did atone for that. I mean, except for. Except for once you start Googling about God. an author, forget about it. This you, is like just, that's why we didn't read 1984 a few several episodes ago. Was yeah. because if you just Google author's name racist or author's, yes. author's name anti-Semitic, it's like <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so you know, there's that. Um, you know, there's uh, there's artists who, um, you, you know. I don't know. Some people are okay with like, but it was of their time. Oh, and yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'm not really okay with that. Um, I've got right in front of me here an Atlantic article that rips that apart. Okay. Let's talk about that. Do you want to do that? Sure. So let's do it. Noah Berlatsky, uh, in 2014, 1994 is what I read that as. And that is not at all. 2014, just <laughs> a few short years ago. Uh, so he wrote it for The Atlantic, and um, it's one that I've been citing in a lot of Facebook discussions. Uh, I don't want to argue, but I will. I will. Discussions I will, I will or take a dump on. I'll take a dump on the person you love, and then cite this article. <laughs> P.S. It's called uh, the quote product of its time. Quote defense uh, is no excuse for sexism and racism. And I said, yeah. Um, so there are several reasons why this Noah person, um, thinks that it's not an excuse. Uh, he talks specifically in this about Orwell, um, and his handling of the main female character in 1984, which he, uh, describes as cliched, clumsy, and not a little sexist. Um, and a lot of readers, uh, when he's made that argument said that it's of of the time, um, you know, Julia is not necessarily treated as a human being, but you can't really expect more from a book written in 1949. Um, So his first problem with that, uh, which I think is a great point, especially in recent uh, months, uh, is that the idea of sexism or racism as a product of its time assumes that the past was self-evidently worse than the present, Mm -hmm. uh, that culture progresses in some sort of straight-line fashion, Harvey Weinstein, and that we can therefore assume that folks are now smarter and more enlightened than folks in the past. Yeah, that does not seem to be the case. Right. And so he says that Orwell's sexism then isn't of its time at all. It's still with us. Does he make any argument that... 
continuing to hold books like these up in the canon are what's like keeping that sexism alive or not that particularly although okay. i could go down that road mm-hmm. for sure um he brings up that's not the only reason why he says that this is not an excuse there's also lovecraft um was a racist uh and um <laughs> super was yeah and it's uh, people are like, well, it's you know that was the that was the time, and yet Langston Hughes was also living and writing in the same period. Oh, snap. Yeah, brought out some Langston Hughes, mm. uh, and then also this says it also erases Lovecraft himself, turning him into a blank slate, devoid of free will, simply regurgitating accepted wisdom as though he had no other choice. Ooh, so it's like that's an oh in- yeah, oh, isn't that nice? Because that yeah. That's a really. It's like it's holding those authors up to a higher standard. They didn't have to suck. Yeah, they just did. Well, and supposedly they were, you know, I guess I think of authors as intelligent. Fair, yeah, you know I what mean, I mean as as probably, as thinkers. Well read, you'd hope. Um, yeah, yeah, and so the idea that mm. they were unable to mm-hmm. do better mm-hmm. because they didn't know better when of anybody they should have known. Yeah, better, yeah, right, right, agreed. And then, mm. see, I love this article. So, <laughs> and then I'll just, I'll just read this whole thing from start to finish. Uh, but it also talks about how um, everyone in the past was not equally racist and sexist. So Dickens' female protagonist, who I don't remember at all because I can't. Naria Dickens is in my head right now because <laughs> I read it in high school. And what, the Dickens? And, uh, yes. His female protagonists are treacly. Mm-hmm. And vapid, uh, but George Eliot's aren't. Just as, and this is interesting, just as Eliot's working class characters tend to be a condescending, sentimental portrait, while Dickens are human beings. So mm-hmm. you can be, you can suck at one thing, but also be good at something else right. at the same time that someone is sucking at the other. You know, right. so yeah, yeah, yeah. So and that could be, you know, Eliot understood, you know, yeah. Female sensibility in a way that Dickens didn't. Yeah, but Dickens but she was, under, understood mm-hmm. class sensibility in a way that exactly. Didn't. Yeah, so, and so writing off that either are just yeah. inevitable is well. I mean, so that then makes the argument about just the humanity mm-hmm. of like we can only experience the world through the lenses we have mm-hmm. and do our best. But like you said, to do our best to. Try on other lenses mm-hmm. to the best of our ability. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I. Oh damn it! I just proved my point not right. I don't know. Oh. So <laughs> well, well, he said that he said we should still read Orwell and things like that, not okay. despite the sexism, but because of it. Well, okay. To discuss it. That's see. This is where we like disagree. Where the you know where we start talking about this. Where you know, I mean, when we talked about 1984. And maybe we had this conversation before, but I think I made the point in the blog post, like, if there's something that is so culturally entrenched, mm-hmm. not sexism, but that's also mm-hmm. a thing, but, like, just a, a work of literature that's so entrenched in our culture that we make so many references to it, mm-hmm. you know, we call things Orwellian, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, we, we talk about the, you know, the book, um, pieces of the book are now in our, yeah. in our language and our... And our references. And so, you know, to be a well-read and well-educated person who can understand the times around them and understand what people are talking about, do we have to also include reading these things that 
Or do we just say we don't have to? We can create a whole new narrative if we stop reading those things. That's and eventually and the new narrative will be uh, different and better. Mm-hmm. Well, and and I know it's not really realistic what I want, which would be the second one. Um, hmm. It'll take a long time. But I also well, – these references are because they are canonized and they weren't just canonized out of a – you know, Out of a canon. Out of a canon, exactly. <laughs> Some of them should be sent out of a canon. <laughs> but yeah, okay. I mean they were canonized and these references have, have – gone on because our society is mm. itself racist and sexist, yeah. you know? So like us, whole, I don't know, us holding up these references, does that mean that we... reify. We reify. <laughs> oh my God, the other day. Polly made so much fun of me for saying reify in the middle of a sentence. I did. You were like, oh, it's got your grad school words on today. making fun. <laughs> I was admiring. Oh, you didn't say, oh, you've got your grad school words on today. <laughs> Okay, fine. Well, I just used it. I just used it yesterday, though, too. Oh, it's just reify. It's We're going to reify. I like to reify. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I Well, so the the thing is with, like, Matilda, you can't unlove something that you love. And no. that's, I mean, that's. You can't. Yeah. And I'm not asking people <laughs> to unlove And things. also, I mean, there, I mean, that was one of the points I made, too. Like, what if the work mm-hmm. does something? So, like, the awful artist mm-hmm. made a work that you know m- you know made a a, a girl mm-hmm. character central right and and empowered um which was something that that girls weren't seeing in right. literature and smart well, and I you know what I mean the editor but yes that <laughs> or you know yeah, uh, wait, I think I talked about Sh- Charlotte oh Perkins like I Gilman, the yellow wallpaper. you know the yellow wallpaper and, and she was a racist mm-hmm. so and, but it wasn't mm-hmm. in the book mm-hmm. and that book did so much I know for women and so well and that's where mm-hmm. maybe just teaching these things and a lot of this is like in teaching these things, not mm. necessarily your own what you're reading at your own house. Right. But in teaching these things, I think I wish I would have done a better job if I mentioned like the yellow wallpaper in talking about the racism that she espoused at the time. Not in the piece, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So and is that and you're mentioning it just because I so mean that we're more like, that like for example in that like it doesn't exist in that book, and so mm-hmm. mentioning it is purely to say, this person had these views. Mm-hmm. These views were harmful to people. They continue to be harmful to people. Mm-hmm. That won't change the reading of this book in any way. But you should know. But you should that, know. Yeah, that just. Yeah, but you should know. Yeah, I think. I think so. some people don't want to know, but. Well, then they can shut their ears. <laughs> Well, and so, I mean, that, there's a whole bunch of artists that are just, you know, anti-Semitic and yeah, racist and whatever. And so that, those are terrible. But what about, like, um, you know, what about, like, Hemingway, mm. who's just like a turd of a person? A of a person. You know, I mean, he was terrible to his mm-hmm. his wife, wives, mm-hmm. yeah. mistresses, mm-hmm. children. Um you know, yeah. he's just a uh, and and well, you know and, and have, was he a terrible person because he had an addiction and was, you know, do we and you know there are a lot oh, yeah, of artists lot. who yeah. have mental health issues, oh, yeah. you know, which the, it's there seems to be some amount of correlation between mm-hmm. like being incredibly brilliant and creating mm-hmm. and being so focused and driven to create 
And also having some level of mental health issues or addiction or – Right. Um, I don't know that that excuses his no. turdiness with women. <laughs> right. Or any – I mean – Or so any, any – I mean, yeah, any, I don't know. Any artist. I don't know. Any author. Right, yeah. Well, I, I – the thing that bothers me, I think, is that when we have – when there's like literary festivals about Hemingway or whatever uh-huh. and – you're like there are other authors we could be. Yes, and I think that that's the point that yeah that, that well that same you with like to. Burroughs. I mean Burroughs. I'm sorry, is you know right was a hor- like yeah was a murderer, but he's so well loved and celebrated here, and it's mm-hmm. kind of gross, right? Yeah. So, but yeah, I think the the big thing is that I think for me personally, it challenges me to find other reading material. Rather than defaulting to kind of the classics. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, no, I I mean, I think, I mean, one of the, the questions was, you know, does the work have to merit, like, so highly, be, be so, you know, so much of a change agent in our society that, like, as long as the work of art comes to this incredibly high level, that can be... You know, most of us can agree that this is an incredible mm-hmm. work of art. Do we have some level of forgiveness for that artist, or do we? Well, and who you know? is the we all? I don't know. I don't that's know, right? that's I know. complicated because we all when, is yeah, which is, is, is usually a very specific yeah, group of we alls. That is true. We're, and things that are said that that are like a universal experience. That I don't. I mean, that's just. It's sorry. It's impossible. You think there's no universal experience? Birth. <laughs> and death. Yeah. Um, I think – no, I think there are universal experiences, but I think to have a person's life, especially like a white man's life, mm-hmm. be representative of – Oh, yeah. The that's American pro- – I mean, that's problematic. You know, the American story or whatever mm-hmm. is – Yeah. And so, I, so yeah, I mean, I know, I know that a lot of the problems I have are just kind of like semantic and with the higher-ups yeah. <laughs> rather than, yeah. Right. So, I mean, it's we have systemic issues. And that, so is, is – And so is continuing to read these folks mm-hmm. and, you know, talk about them as great works of art mm-hmm. when there are plenty of other artists who, mm-hmm. you know – to our knowledge, yeah, have not done anything yet. Right, exactly. <laughs> that are horrible. Yeah, yeah. Um, we don't want to know. <laughs> Stop know. googling. But like, there are artists that we could support who uh-huh. do have a more um, holistic view of humanity, mm-hmm. more intersectional, a yeah, more intersectional right. view of humanity that uh, could become our new canon if we. Promoted those things, yes. gave them the time, had critical, right. analytical discussions of those things, um, and stopped yeah. stopped reaching back, and um, and started looking at some of the the new things that we have. Well, because um, yeah. I also, I mean, like nowadays, there's been several retellings or references to classic works that are written by. Um, I can think of specifically two that are written by black women, but um, that are written by other. Which two books? Uh, no one is ever going. No one's ever coming oh, to save us. No one is, is coming that, to save us. Yeah, is the Stephanie Watts. Yeah, is the um, retelling of Great Gatsby, and so I think it'd be interesting t- 
to read those two together in a in this imaginary classroom setting that I don't have, um, <laughs> or um, like salvage the bones, which I know a teacher at LHS teaches, which is awesome. Um, she references Medea as kind of like this this young woman is looking to Medea from her literature class as inspiring while she's dealing with all this pre-Katrina devastation. Mm -hmm. um, and so I wonder if we can kind of sneak these pairings in so that we're not necessarily losing right. the quote-unquote classics, but also saying, well, this is some stuff that, you know, wasn't addressed in the in the classic or, you know, here are some other yeah. viewpoints that are similar. I like but, that. Yeah. I mean, we could do that as librarians. Right. You know, yeah. When and we make a list or make reading suggestions. Yeah. And that's the other I mean, like a lot of this is just very personal to me. It's not I'm not I don't if a patron asks me for Dickens, I'm not gonna say, Oh, his like female characters right. are treacly and no. you know it's just Yeah, we support we support people reading whatever read they anything. want to read. Yeah, read anything. Um but if someone was interested in backstory. I'm not going to leave that out. Yeah. You know. That's a good point. I also criticize the people I love most. So. <laughs> it's true. She does. <laughs> I feel personally attacked oh, right now. My friends, my boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. Just. Uh, yeah. So. Okay. That's. Well, really. If we've come to no actual conclusion. No. It's a rich tapestry. <laughs> but a lot of discussion has come out of this. And, you know, I've had. Pe I had people. You know, some folks stop us and be like, oh, what about this? Yeah, what about, exactly. What about this? Yeah. And so um, I don't know that we'll ever solve this, but I like the idea of people thinking about mm -hmm. it. Like Ian, Ian in, in Info Services, who does the documentary discussions, mm -hmm. he was talking, he came up to us and was like, what about Sam Cooke? Because right. there's a lot of controversy about how he died. And so, and it made him look into further into mm -hmm. like Sam Cooke's life and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's. I think it's just a neat way to kind of challenge yourself to learn more. Mm -hmm. I guess not just take canon for right for granted or I don't know whatever. Yeah. yeah. Well, I like that, and I like that. Uh, I mean, I like the idea that I don't know. You're you can still like what you like. You know, you can still read what mm -hmm. you want to read or watch what you want to watch. And I mean, now all the Weinstein movies. Can I watch those? Mm -hmm. Right. Can I not? I mean, and right. all the and all the. I mean, I still you know, like actors who knew exactly and yeah. weren't doing anything. Can I like any of those actors anymore? Yeah. <laughs> Don't. <gasps> but it's getting us talking about it. Yeah. That's and then and maybe also maybe it's preventing future. Well, that's future a hope. That's a hope. Yeah. Um. Well. Not if so. you've got thoughts about this, oh. dear listeners, please let us know. Yes, please do let us know. If you know. think I'm full of poop. Anyways, please do <laughs> let us know if you have any thoughts on this or thoughts on Kate saying the P word um, on the podcast. So besides poop, what are we up to this week? <laughs> hey. Well, I'm going to tell you what I have been up to is um, – uh, I've been doing a lot of binging. Like I said, I've been off. And mm -hmm. so I had people that I really adore telling me, watch The Good Place. Watch The Good I hadn't even heard of it until a couple – yeah, I hadn't even heard of it. Well, I'm a little – you know, I don't have regular TV. Mm -hmm. I don't – so I don't get advertising and stuff. Um, 
So I had to wait for somebody to tell me to watch this. And it's this great show about um, the afterlife. And so, um, hmm. you know, the, the main character um, wakes up and finds out that they're in the good place. Hmm. Um, and pretty soon after she realizes she's in the good place, she also realizes, I got here on accident. Like, I'm not. Because you find out that she's, she's kind of a – she's not a horrible person, <laughs> but she's not really a good wow. person. Yeah. Like not not compared to the other people yeah. that yeah. Um, she had been introduced to. So um, <laughs> I binged that all in one night. Dang. I know. Um, and it had a very surprising ending and I'm I need to start watching the – the next season um, to find out. And um, so uh, my notes on that were, OMG, watch it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stranger Things. Um, OMG, watch it. Uh, the new season starts today. And so whenever you're listening to this, you've probably already watched the second season <laughs> by the time this podcast will be uploaded. Um, but I went back and re- we watched it when it first came out. And mm-hmm. then I went back and watched it. I just... It's so good. Mm. I love the 80s, like all the 80s stuff. I guess my kid said to me the other day, she just like it, it dawned on her while we were watching it. Uh-oh. You were in high school the same time these people were oh. in high school. And I was like, yes, yes actually, so so- actually their dad was. I uh, was a switch were- <laughs> later. I didn't. I started high school in 1986. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, not to 1983. So... Um, Whatever, but he was in high school. So, yes, OMG, watch it, the new season. And I just heard them talking about it on NPR today, and the they were like, it's a, like more sinister than the first. Like the first, you just really got to know some of the characters, and you, you just got to watch it. It's really good. Um, and then Black Mirror. The one that I watch. OMG, watch it at your own risk. <laughs> that thing is messed up. Did it, you finish the season? Mm, I did not. Season? I didn't okay. finish. I needed to take a little break yeah. from that. Um, so it. So I started watching it, and the the premise of it is it's um, sort of it's futuristic. Um, you know, technology, or you know, even not just that futuristic technology meets humanity's kind of bad instincts. Um, uh-huh. um, and so. Oh Lord! I yeah. So some of the details you told me are just—it's brutal. It's but it's. But I want to like, watch it. <laughs> I know you're just like this is this is who thought of this? Yeah, that's this person is sick. Yes, and twisted and like wow and really smart because yeah. because it just oh it just stayed in the first episode of the first season. I can't even talk about it on here mm-hmm. because it is that's not talk aboutable nope. no. in the library podcast. It's still haunting me. It was that <laughs> disturbing. Yeah. So, um, you know, if you're looking for something disturbing to uh-huh. watch around the holidays, yeah. <laughs> the you know, uh, there you go. So, and also it's my birthday yeah. on Sunday. So, yeah. which again will have been probably passed by the time you listen to this. You'll so. already have been birthdayed. I'll already have been birthdayed, but you, won't. I won't have. <laughs> Mine's on the third. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm so excited. Yeah, what are you doing on the lead up to your birthday? Um, well, it's United Way Week. <laughs> so <laughs> I know. So um there's actually gonna be like a library staff party on my birthday, which is 
I'm nerdy enough to find that to be very fun. Uh, <laughs> but tonight, so I will check in about this uh, next time. It's um, there. It's called Black Lawrence, um, and it's at uh, Dave Lowenstein's studio. It's a um, Black Lawrence stands for Black Literature and Arts Collective of Kansas, mm-hmm. comma Lawrence. Um, and it's a collective of artists and writers, and they're going to be presenting their work tonight. And I think it's the first of hopefully many, um, many events. Okay. So that'll be cool. I'm looking forward to it. I also, I finally watched uh, a thing on a screen. Um, I, I saw Get Out uh, finally. Oh. I mean, what was this? Are we like 10 months I still later? haven't seen it yet. Goodness. I know, but I oh need to watch it at gosh. home because scary. It's scary in the way that, I mean, there are a couple of, like, jump scares, um, but no, it's really, I mean, watching it wherever you are is going to be as equally scary because it's mostly just about how white people are terrible. Like, it's really just, I mean, the terror are the microaggressions and the things that we as white people do and say. But then there's, like, this other element that's not your everyday element. Mm -hmm. Um, But he... It was incredible. It was just incredible. He, um, Jordan Peele just did an amazing job. This is his first movie, and so I'm really excited. Yeah, and I uh, love Key and Peele. Like, I, yeah. was, and this is, I laugh so much. And yeah. to think that someone who makes me laugh so hard is, like, bringing me this. It's this brilliant. Really, yeah. It's straight up brilliant. Yeah. Okay. you got to watch it. So right. if anybody hasn't seen it, it's on the list. because, like, me, you Maybe just I'll take watch forever. Maybe I'll watch it for Halloween. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Okay, good luck. Uh, yeah, so that's that's about it. Um, at Frank's North Star Tavern uh, on the third Wednesday of every month is movie night. Um, and so that's where I watched Get Out because the way to get me to watch movies is to have beer um, and free popcorn. And free, popcorn. free popcorn from Liberty Hall. So, hey, yeah. do you know what the next one is? No. no. Show notes. No, I should. I yeah, know. I'll well, find out. Well, it's always two movies. So Get Out was first, and then that was at 7, and then at 9 they showed The Thing, and I went outside and – Avoided that completely and just talked about Get Out for two hours. So, oh, yeah. yeah. So, that was just on. There was like a little snippet of that in uh, looked, Stranger Things when I was reading. Uh, it looks gross. Yeah. It's just, yeah. it's just gore. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just gory. Well, yeah. So that's that's about what's going on. Well, happy birthday. Thank you. Happy birthday to you. Thank you. Scorpios. We <laughs> <laughs> got a hand gesture. We won't put that in the show notes. Um, another thing I wanted to say, uh, Election Day is November seventh. Yeah, and you should go vote. Yes, it's not. It's not. Is it too late to get registered? Might be too late to get registered. Mm. Yeah, okay. but if you're already registered, go. Because I mean, people the the number of registered voters who actually vote is so depressing. I mean, yeah. So the the percentage the, of registered voters who who vote is so small. The takeaway is that your vote absolutely matters. Yeah, because yeah. there are so. Few people voting. Yeah, but, got, you know. yeah. And city commission. I mean, you can read up about the candidates. Um, read up about the school board, um, and then also the various motions that are trying to be passed. Yeah. Do you remember the website for that? Was uh, it Douglas County? Well, DouglasCountyKS.org is okay. where you can sign up for the text alerts, and so okay. I that think might that might also a be where you have the link profile. To mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. So get informed and go vote because it actually makes a difference. Born about the authors that you like and that are sucky people. 
Wow. <laughs> All right. Happy on, reading. On that note, <laughs> happy reading. That's it for this edition of the Book Squad podcast. For more details on any of the books or events mentioned in this episode, visit our website, lplks.org. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe. Please rate or comment. It helps others find the podcast. Our Book Squad librarians are Polly Ken and Kate Gramlich. Our theme music is by Heidi Lynn Gluck. I'm Jim Barnes, and this has been a production of the Lawrence Public Library. Mm-hmm.